It's been a while since I've had an opportunity to share from the pulpit, and uh, I appreciate Pastor Johnny's confidence in me continuing the Ephesians series that we're having this summer. Um, And so that you don't miss him too much, I did my best attempt at some skinny jeans. (laughs) I, I don't have the pointy shoes, I mean, so I'm... You know, I'm still, still a disciple, I'm still trying to learn, you know, but um, anyway, so I'm excited to share this morning, and um, this morning I'm going to be sharing, I'm going to continue the, the teaching in Ephesians, and I'm going to be focusing on Ephesians chapter 4 and what's commonly called the fivefold gifts. And at the risk of raising expectations too high, I believe what I'll be sharing this morning has the potential to dramatically change your life. That is, that is, there's a caveat, if you embrace and apply these truths. Now, for some of you, uh, these scriptures will be very familiar, like in, yeah, 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 I've heard this before, familiar. And to you, I ask that you open your heart and that you are, are open to having your thinking challenged. For others, these scriptures will be new. And I pray that the Lord would open your eyes to see how important they are, seeing them as truths that have the power to transform your life and literally catapult you into the purposes and plans that God has for you. So, (laughs) I just want you to know the potential of what I just described can only happen if God shows up, right? So he needs to anoint my words. He needs to anoint your ears. We already prayed Lord, open our hearts, awake our, awaken our hearts. And so I'm going to ask that, uh, that you pray with me this morning. Father, I thank you so much that you care for your children. Lord, I thank you that you did not leave us as orphans. I thank you that you gave us the Holy Spirit to walk alongside of us, to guide us, to lead us into all truth. And we ask that you would do that this morning, Holy Spirit. Lead us into truth. Reveal Jesus to us who is truth. And reveal the Father's ways so that we can walk in them and experience the abundant life that you've promised us. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, I speak abundant life. I speak abundant life over all those who are listening to this message, to those in this room and to those online. In the name of Jesus, I just command your spirit to wake up in Jesus' name. Be open to the abundant life that God has for you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And not only are you good, your truths are good, and your ways are good, and including the ways that we're going to learn this morning. And so I just ask, Lord, that you would do that work in us, and we thank you that you're going to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So it's been almost two months since we started into the book of Ephesians, and I would like to ask you a question, actually a few questions. Are you experiencing more of what God promised you because of what we've been teaching through the first three chapters of Ephesians? Ooh, that's good. Let's let's look at some of those principles that we've been learning. Number one, are you walking in every spiritual blessing provided you in Christ Jesus? Or is there some lack that's still in your life? Have you received the forgiveness of sins according to his lavish grace? And, And even if you have, do you often walk in shame or condemnation? Do you experience the spirit of wisdom and revelation every day that you might know him better? Or do you you drift away from the Lord for long periods of time? 
Are you seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion? Or does the enemy have some foothold in your life, some besetting sin that you just can't shake? Do you know how God has designed you and what works you're supposed to do, which Christ prepared in advance for you to do? Or are you just living in survival mode, trying to make it from one day to the next? Are you a member of God's household, joined with other believers to become the very dwelling place of the Holy Spirit? Or has, there been, has it been a while since you felt His presence or a sense of belonging with other believers? And finally, are you rooted in God's love and know how wide and long and how high and deep His love is for you? Or do circumstances make you question His love? at times. These are just some of the truths that we've been learning and uh, as we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And if you're like me, you fall far short of receiving and experiencing all that God has done for us on a daily basis. If we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of these truths sound too idealistic or too good to be true, so we settle for less. If that's how you feel, here's some good news. God didn't provide all of these promises without making a way for us to enjoy them and receive them. And that's where Ephesians 4 comes in. Within this chapter is God's way to practically help us so we can receive and walk in all that he's provided for us, not just the truths that we've learned through Ephesians, but every truth in the, body, in the Bible. And that happens through the body of Christ. So, let's, talk, let's read through, starting in... Chapter 4 with verse 1, we're going to read a number of scriptures here, and then I'll go through those in a little bit more detail. So starting with verse 1, again, chapter 4, get out your Bibles, get out your phones, or look at the, the words on the screen here. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are also called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high... He led captive the captives, and he gave gifts to people. And then skipping down to verse 11, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man to, a, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Hang on, we're almost done here. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is, Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what 
every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Amen. What a, what a wonderful series of scriptures. So let's unpack that a little bit. <clears throat> so again, there is a lot to unpack here, but the bottom line through these scriptures, the point that I want you to understand is that Christ gave five very specific graces or gifts that are designed to help us to grow both individually and as a community of believers. These gifts help us to become fully mature, and without them, we can't be all that God's called us to be and do all that God's called us to do. These graces, these gifts, are listed, let me back up a little bit, are listed here in in verse 11. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And without these five gifts consistently active in our lives, we will live far below what God's called us to be and far below the abundant life that he's provided for us. So before I provide a brief overview of each of these gifts, I want to correct two common misconceptions about them. So the first misconception is that these gifts are for leaders only. This is a common teaching in the body of Christ, but in fact, nothing in this passage indicates that these are exclusively leadership gifts. We're not talking about hierarchy. As a matter of fact, the metaphor that's used as a body is anything but a hierarchy. So let's connect some of the key components of the Scripture passage. In verses 4 through 6, Paul talks about the unity and the oneness of the body of Christ. Again, he talks about how there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father. But then he quickly contrasts those truths about who we are in Christ and talks about how each of, the, how each of us is different. Even though we part, participate in the same salvation experience and relationship with the Lord, the part each of us plays is very different. So in verse 7, he goes on from talking about the whole, and he starts talking about the parts that make up the whole, saying each one of us is given grace according to Christ's gift. Now, is Paul talking about leaders only? No. Who's he talking about? Each one of us. That's right. He's saying each one of us is given Christ's gift. And in verse 8, he talks about how he gave these gifts to mankind. And then in verse 11, he goes on to explain again what those gifts are. He, meaning Jesus, gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And again, why? Why is he giving us these gifts? He's giving them for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the body of Christ, so that we can attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to become fully mature so that we can reach our full potential that we have in Christ. And I love what Prophet Ed Trout, who's ministered here many times before, what he says about these gifts. He says the fivefold gifts are for equipping the church. Elders and deacons are for governing the church. Now, confusion comes in because we often use the description or title for church leadership as the same as these equipping gifts. We might call someone a pastor. It's a title, but that may not necessarily represent what gifting or what fivefold gifting they're walking in. So in and of themselves, these fivefold gifts are not strictly for leadership though leaders, like everyone else, 
may walk in them. So let's talk about the second misconception. I know, Tyler, you're trying to help me, but I'm clicking this thing, and it's, it's not working, so thank you. <laughs> Maybe you can just follow along and help me out. So this second misconception uh, about this passage, it actually comes out of the first one, and that is that leaders are the only ones called to train, disciple, and mature other Christians. The truth is that all of us are given these fivefold gifts because all of us are called to equip and walk alongside others in the body of Christ. It's not just the leader's job to do this. When leaders believe that they're the only ones qualified to disciple others, that's when they get burned out, and that's when the congregation's growth is stunted. Now, many in the congregation believe, well, it's the professional's job to train and equip other people. After all, that's what we pay them to do, right? And because of this misconception, that's when the congregation has the propensity to become apathetic, always receiving but rarely giving out to others. Now, of course, I just want to be clear, I'm not talking about this congregation, but I've heard that that does happen in other churches. So in verses 14 through 16, it clearly spells out that it's the whole body that ministers to itself. It says, as a result, we are no longer to be children. What's, what's a mark of children? They're always receiving. They're rarely giving, right? So we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, right? The whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the entire body for the building up of itself in love. This couldn't be any more clear. When every person is engaged, when every person recognizes it's not just the leader's job, but that they're called to help others mature, we all grow and we all become a healthy community as a result. Now, Here's the good news. God has not only called you to help train and mature other Christians, he's gifted and equipped you, equipped, <laughs> equipped you to do that. And that's what the fivefold gifts are all about. It's, it, it's about being who God has designed you to be. We're not asking you to be like anyone else. We're just asking you to be exactly how God has designed you. And when you do that, that is good enough. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, when he joins with you, then you're more than enough. So according to the passages we just read, each of us has been given some unique mix of these gifts. And again, if you've been on the sideline uh, in terms of maturing and discipling and mentoring other people, let's explore how we can get you into the game. I like to think of these fivefold gifts as us being created in the image of God. We all know that we're created in the image of God, right, from Genesis. But these gifts who are given by Christ himself, who embodied all five of these gifts to perfection in his earthly ministry, he gave all of us that ministry to be able to exercise and to be able to express that very nature of God in us and through us to others. And so this is the way that God has created us in the image of Christ to help others mature and reach their full potential in this life. 
So to help us understand each of these gifts a little more, and to help you identify which ones God has given you, let me set a scene for you to see how each of these gifts might be expressed. So there's a family in the church that is moving from one house to another. To help them with that, we're mobilizing a bunch of people to help, and you've agreed to be a part of that team. Congratulations. It's Saturday morning, 8 a.m., you have nothing better to do. So, let's start with the apostolic gift. The apostolic gift is the one that catalyzes movement towards God's mission. Those who have this gift focus on keeping others and teams moving towards their God-given assignment. In addition to encouraging us to leave our comfort zone and to take risks, they are very strategic and they bring that catalytic energy to mobilize people and resources for the task at hand. They also prioritize what everyone should be working on and how often, I'm sorry, and often think about how things can be done bigger and better. If you have this gift, boy, does this move need you. You're raring and ready to go, and when you arrive at 8 a.m., you see everyone standing around waiting for someone to take charge. You're just the ticket. To you, it's not about get, doing things perfectly. You just want to get everyone moving. After all, you've probably said it's easier to steer the car while it's moving. So with your high energy, you come in, you identify the most important thing that everyone should be working on, and you start directing the team. Now, your intensity and focus is only surpassed by the visible frustration that comes over you when you see other people stopping for a donut or, heaven forbid, going to the bathroom, <clears throat> especially when there's still work to do. So that's the apostolic gift. Now let's move on to the prophetic. Those who have this gift, again, the prophetic is about speaking forth and aligning people around God's heart. Those who have this gift focus a lot on internal character, on motives, and helping people find and fulfill their God-given purpose. When they're on the team, they often ask the deep questions such as, why are we here? And how is this going to further the kingdom of God? How are we going to make the world a better place? They also make sure the team operates by godly principles and will raise it to everyone's attention if they're not. If you have this gift and you're at the move, you love seeing the church demonstrate its core value of collaboration. And you make a note to share this with Pastor Johnny so he can, re he can reinforce it during the service tomorrow. You also get frustrated when people's actions don't line up with their words because that demonstrates a lack of integrity and a lack of character. As a matter of fact, you're starting to get a little annoyed because a few people who told you that they would be helping with the move haven't arrived yet. And that means more work for everyone else. That's just not right. But before you become too judgmental, you make room. There, there may be, just maybe, a legitimate excuse as to why they're not there, like a death in the family, or maybe they were in an accident on the way over. Those are legitimate excuses for the prophet. So the third gift is the evangelistic gifting. And the evangelistic, uh, or evangelist and the evangelistic gifting is someone who recruits and connects people to the cause. Those who have this gift focus on proactively reaching out to people so that they can be a part of God's family and a part of the community. People who have this gift see the possibilities and potential in people, and they inspire others to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They're especially sensitive to those who appear to be outsiders or outcasts. 
and they proactively engage with those outside the community to help them feel more welcome. Now, if you have this gift, you're the one who's been making calls and recruiting people to be a part of the, uh, part of the move, and you actually enjoy that. In fact, every time someone says yes, it motivates you to make even more calls and to see how big you can grow the team. You even make a special point to get a few visiting families involved because it's a great way to get them more connected. And as everyone starts showing up Saturday morning, you're the one making introductions, thanking everyone for volunteering, and celebrating with high fives every time another room is emptied. And next is the pastoral gifting. The pastoral gifting strengthens relationships and builds community. People with this gift are naturally empathetic and they're very good friends. They are patient and good listeners and they love seeing people get healed or delivered from their brokenness so that they can experience healthy relationships. They embody the saying, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Back to the Saturday move, if you have a pastoral gifting, you're the one looking for an opportunity to talk with others. You see the move or the coffee and the donut as a means to an end of building stronger, healthier relationships, and you don't want to miss the opportunity to connect deeply with others. You're also the one that respectfully ignores the apostolically gifted person who's trying to get you and your friend back to work. And you're thinking, well, it's okay. It's okay if it just takes a little bit longer because in your mind, the move is a great opportunity to strengthen the church community. And last but not least, let's go to the gift of teaching. The gift of teaching ensures legacy by creating foundations of truth and learning. People who have this gift love sharing from their own experience. They help others avoid the mistakes they've made by applying truth to their daily lives. They're also passionate about connecting people to resources that can help them grow, and they take great joy when they see people taking the time to better themselves. They do all of this to create a firm foundation so that the next generation can build upon what was learned in the past. On moving day, if you have a gift of teaching, you're continuously watching to see how things could be done better. If necessary, you believe it's okay to, don't let the apostolic person hear this, you believe it's okay to slow down, to speed up. In other words, you're okay with taking a step back, planning a little so that things can be done right the first time. And during the move, you show others the best way to carry furniture. And for some reason, you're the only, you're actually not the only one, but one of a few people who knows how to pack the truck or the SUV to, so that the space is optimized. And finally, throughout the day, you're taking real or mental notes so that the next time there's a move in the church, you can share with others how it can be done even better. Now, this was just a high-level overview of each of these gifts. But as you can see, the move is going to get done so much better, and it's going to be done so much more enjoyably when all of the gifts are available and active. And I'll bet if you've ever been part of a move that is frustrating in some way, it's probably because all of these giftings weren't present or activated. These gifts have the potential to elevate any team when they are activated. And all of these gifts need to be present and active in the body of Christ in order for us to reach our full potential together. So, we've been hearing this a lot throughout the service. If you're stuck... 
if you're in a rut or feel like you're in a ditch, or if you're not walking fully in all of the promises Christ has provided for you, I'd encourage you to be more proactive about being in community where you can benefit from the fivefold giftings in others and we can benefit from the fivefold gifting in you. This is a beautiful truth that God has woven into the fabric of humanity. God has designed us to be interdependent, not dependent, not codependent, but interdependent with one another. In other words, you need others and others need you. None of us are called to walk out our calling outside the context of community, and Ephesians 4 makes that abundantly clear. When I think of where I was and how I operated just five years ago, I'm amazed at how much I've changed, mostly for the better. I had a lot of dysfunction and immaturity in my life, and because I wasn't embracing these giftings in those around me, I was living far below the abundant life that Christ had promised me. For example, I suffered from an orphan spirit and was hyper-independent. I was a leader who rarely sought counsel from others, and I made decisions on the fly, some of which negatively affected a lot of people around me. I was performance-oriented and achievement-driven. I worked 60-plus hours a week, had little time for self-care or rest, and overcame obstacles by sheer will and a relentless drive for results. And again, yes, I'm that person who's driving that move to be done before 12 noon. This performance orientation made me too focused on results and not taking the time to form strong relationships. Looking back, if I had taken the time to do that, it would have helped avoid a lot of pain for me and for those around me. I was also a perfectionist and wanted things to be done my way. I didn't value the different perspectives people brought to the team. I didn't see the value in other people's gifts because I wanted everyone to be like me. And it took me a while to realize that they weren't wrong. They're just different. And that's a very good thing. Now, I could go on and on, but the bottom line was that all of these things finally caught up to me, and I realized the hard way just how much I needed other people. Through lots of pain and some healing that came through, as Pastor Craig said, RTF, I recognized I needed other people. And amazingly, the Lord provided what I need in the family and the friends and the co-workers he had already put around me. And once I embraced them and the fivefold gifting that they had, I grew in leaps and bounds. You see, I needed their fivefold gifts to save me from myself. You see, I'm off the charts high in prophetic and this apostolic gifting, but I'm very low in the other three, in evangelism, pastoring, and teaching. And when I allowed the people with these gifts to be more involved with my life, the dysfunctions that I just described started to diminish. But more important, I started experiencing a higher order of living. And for the first time in my life, I started experiencing abundant life, more growth, more joy, more fun, more discernment that would keep me away from making mistakes, and more fulfillment than I ever had previously. Now, I've been walking this way for a little over a year, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, these principles really work. Now, I still have a long way to go, but I know that I'll make it because I now have a community of family, friends, and coworkers that God's put around me. 
These are people that I have interaction with on a daily basis, not just on a Sunday morning. Recognizing your own fivefold gifting, fivefold gifting of those around you, has the potential to revolutionize your life. Let me say that again. Recognizing your own fivefold gifting and the fivefold gifting of those around you has the potential to revolutionize your life. If you want to discover how God's gifted you in this fivefold gifting and be able to identify how God's gifted those around you, Pastor John is going to share about a tool that we've developed that will help you to do just that. This tool will help you identify and activate the fivefold gifting in your life. But before he does that, what I'd like to do, I'd like to close this time of sharing with a word of prayer. Now, maybe you're like me, working really hard, working really long, possibly getting burned out, living independently, not part of a community. Maybe you've actually tried this community stuff and you've been burned a, a bit. Regardless, you're starting to recognize that you're living far below what God has promised you. And if that's you, by an act of faith, I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to pray for you. Anyone who wants to see this fivefold gifting more active in their lives and in the lives around them, just please stand. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you. that you're not just content to promise us abundant life, but you've also made a way for us to walk in it. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for community. I thank you for giftings in other people. I thank you that you've put the, the right people around us. Lord, help us, help, help us to open our eyes. Help us to see these people that are around us. And I pray, even as the Apostle Paul prayed, Lord, that you would help all those listening to this message, to be able to comprehend the width and the length and the height and the depth of your love and that they would be filled with the fullness of God. Lord, I ask that you would do more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us and that we experience all the promises you have for us. Lord, I ask that you would be glorified, Lord, even as we get more connected, even as we get the, the, the uh, exact image of Christ that we've been designed in, uh, activated and working um, in the community, Lord God. We pray that you would be glorified and that your kingdom would be advanced. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.